Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, December 4th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell. And this is our week 13 NFL primetime show. We've got three games coming up that we're going to cover. Uh, the two-game primetime slate on DraftKings and the three-game primetime slate on FanDuel. Shane, the biggest challenge about all this is just trying to figure out which slate we're on and who's playing on what slate. Well, just stay tuned because they might have Tuesday night and Wednesday night football. You never know <laughs> <laughs> by the yep. time the news rolls out here. But, yeah, let's try to stick with just the Monday doubleheader and Sunday night football. Let's not worry about Tuesday or even right. Wednesday yet. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you got you got to look at the slates and decide what slates you want to attack. Then, of course, you're going to have plenty of showdown action. So you can use these matchup and analysis and best player picks to build your showdown lineups, too. So, uh, so yeah, you got a lot of a lot of good, uh, interesting matchups here, some tough matchups, some areas you can exploit. And you'll be able to use this information definitely to attack these various slates that they have for all throughout this primetime slate here. Absolutely. We're going to try to get you ready for all the different slates, uh, and we'll see if anything changes. But that's what we think is going to happen right now. So... Uh, we'll start with the Sunday night game, Denver against Kansas City, and this is a rematch. These two teams played in the snow in Week 7. Kansas City has an, had an easy time with that one, winning 43-16. to And because of the snow, that was really a run-heavy game. Mahomes only attempted 23 passes. Uh, but we're expecting a, more of a traditional setting here with normal weather in Kansas City, and Looking at the lines, which are uh, provided courtesy of our pre presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. And by the way, we've got a terrific offer from them that we'll tell you about uh, after we break down game one here. But the lines for this matchup at 820 on Sunday night, KC favored by 13 and a half over under 51. So Kansas City certainly has the highest implied team total here. Um, in terms of the injury news, Philip Lindsay is questionable, but he got in a limited practice. We think he's going to play Judy questionable, but we also think he's going to play, uh, on the Kansas city side. CEH is questionable with an illness. They say it's a stomach bug. Again, this is Friday night late that we're recording this. So we think he should be ready to go by, uh, Sunday night. So, uh, pretty much full strength on, on both sides here, Shane, what are you expecting in this rematch. Yeah, it's looking like kind of an ugly blowout game for Kansas City at home. And I think Denver's just ha uh, happy to have a regular quarterback this yeah, week. You know, exactly. they're going to have Drew Locke in there. So that at least gives them a shot to try to score a little bit and maybe get a couple first downs and, you know, complete a couple passes, <laughs> you know, those right. type of things. Right. So maybe Kansas complete City, more passes than interceptions. Yeah, that would work great, too. Yeah. Complete it to the right guys, the guys in the orange jerseys, not the red ones or the white jerseys, whatever they're wearing. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Broncos, pretty tough pass defense here so that's interesting because you got the Chiefs the number one pass defense in pretty much every category against the Broncos who's been uh you know top five DVOA they're seventh in yards yards allowed per pass I mean they're you know they're, they're really good pass defense here which is impressive considering they lost like their pass rush guys like Vaughn Miller and those type of guys um but uh you can really exploit the Broncos run D you know, I remember a few weeks ago when they lost to Rel Casey, we talked about let's attack the Broncos run D because they were already kind of weak in that area. That was he was one of their better defensive tackles. So they keep getting more and more injuries 
for their front there, uh, their defensive front. So you can really attack them. They're 27th in yards allowed per running back carry for, through the running game here. So, I mean, so you can really hit them uh, big in the running game here. So the Chiefs uh, are good enough to pass on anyone. And I did notice for the Broncos pasty, we also were talking about how Bryce Callahan, um, their best slot corner, is likely going to be out. He's still questionable, so I can't say out, but I know he hasn't practiced Thursday or Friday with a knee injury. So I don't know if I like his chances. And of course, that upgrades that upgrades Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Tyreek Hill or not, but uh, he's, he's he doesn't he's even good. need an upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He doesn't need to upgrade, but that upgrades his matchup in the slot here. So those are the type of things we're looking at. But because of the, the run defense here, um, I can see Kansas City trying to get more balanced. And because of the matchup against the Broncos' weak run D, I can see them getting their running backs, uh, Clyde edwards Lair, and even Le'Veon Bell more, more involved here. So I think you have to really check the status of Clyde edwards Lair and see how he's looking Going into Sunday, um, is it looking like he's a full go? Then uh, then I would fire up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You might get him at a little bit lower ownership because he's had the questionable tag all week there because really he just probably needs to get rehydrated and hopefully get over this bug here. Um, so I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a reasonable price on both sites. He's pretty cheap there uh, for the Kansas City side. Of course, obviously, I don't even really have to mention it, but Patrick Mahomes is in play here. If you're not playing Mahomes, you're going to be getting very contrarian you know, maybe you're looking at, you know, uh, another quarterback that we'll talk about later or something like that. But it's pretty tough to make the argument against him. You're just going to have to pay up for him. And then it's going to be the question, which guys are you pairing him with? Are you going to pay up for Tyreek Hill? They appropriately priced Tyreek Hill at, you know, on the DraftKings slate, I believe he was 8,800 on the FanDuel slate, 8,600. So they did price him up after he had that monster game in what, like one quarter last week. He's doing backflips into the end zone and crazy stuff like that. So yeah, we, were, we were doing backflips at DFS Coach Talk. <laughs> exactly. Most of our lineups, he was locked in for us on DraftKings, and I think he was in the majority of our lineups on FanDuel. That was so yeah. much fun to watch him just dominate. Yeah, we had him in DraftKings. I even had him in Yahoo and, and FanDuel. I didn't even think Yahoo was going to cash, and all of a sudden I was way ahead in Yahoo because of that. Because of that, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill going First nuts quarter, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know, so I think definitely you got to figure out a way to pay up for Tyreek Hill, especially if Bryce Callahan, one of their better corners for Denver's out. Um, and then the other guy that's sneaky that you can look at is Sammy Watkins. This is his second game back from injury. And I think he's going to be a full go and they're going to have to probably double team and put more pressure, safety help over Tyreek Hill, trying to prevent those big plays, um, hoping he's not doing backflips or giving him the peace sign. So maybe Sammy Watkins can have a big game and, and people aren't really thinking about Sammy Watkins because he was injured for so long and he didn't really do much. You know, I think he caught what four balls last week. So Sammy Watkins is a sneaky play here and you got to get a cheap receiver somewhere. He's the best uh, play in terms of a cheap receiver on this slate where you can get high upside. So I like Sammy Watkins. Then of course, Kelsey, when you, whenever you play Kelsey, you have a huge advantage at the tight end position because he's the only tight end that typically has that type of upside here. And he he did get shut down in that bad weather game uh, that was in Denver la uh, you know, last time this team played, but I think in better weather at home, I think he'll be looking for a little bit of revenge against his team in terms of a bounce back here. So it's just a matter of which guys you want to play here because all those Kansas city guys are in play, even their running backs this week. And that's what makes it tricky. So that's what I'm looking at on the Kansas city side here. Yeah. I'm with you in terms of really following the news with, with uh, Clyde Edwards, he 
if he's not not going to play, then Le'Veon Bell is a great price, and Daryl Williams could get involved. And they give up a lot of catches to running backs in addition to the yardage with the carries. You know, James White had eight catches for 65 against them, and some other teams recently have have piled up the receptions. So, you know, those guys for a value play on any of these slates could be worth looking at. And with the wide receivers, uh, I agree with you. we got to attack the slot, and we're looking at those numbers. According to Pro Football Focus, Tyreek Hill runs 58% of his routes from the slot, and Sammy Watkins, when he's been out there, 51% of his routes. So those are the two guys I'm really looking at, and I like the idea of paying down for Watkins because uh, he's a, he's at a great price. So um, as we transition to Denver, you know they're in a tough spot uh, because of that strong pass defense uh, coming off that clunker of all clunkers against the Saints. Uh, they just want to throw that one in, throw that one away, and never think about it again. But they do have Drew Locke back. Uh, is there anybody that you're considering playing here for Denver? You know, we're going to go back to the running game narrative. I mean, it makes sense in several ways why teams run on Kansas City. Obviously, you want to keep that powerful uh, Patrick Mahomes in their offense off the field. You want to try to control the clock, control the game if you're going to try to beat Kansas City. So that's where I think Melvin Gordon's in play here. Um, I think Philip Lindsay's been a little bit banged up. You know, Melvin Gordon, I think it's due for a big game here. And when he's had, you know, a good amount of carries, he's been pretty impressive. Um, so, I mean, the Chiefs are ranked among the worst. If you look at their DVO rating, which takes in several different statistics, it kind of measures overall, uh, you know, success, you know, per play in all these different situations. The Chiefs are ranked dead last, 32nd DVOA for run defense and 23rd in yards allowed per carry. So the Chiefs run defense is really bad. It's just you know, they're typically up by a couple touchdowns, you know, two or three touchdowns. So it doesn't usually matter. Like, yeah, you can run on us a little if you want, just run the clock out, you know? So I don't think they really care, but the point is you can run on them. So, and that's the Broncos best way here. Cause you don't really want Drew Locke going back and, and, and trying to pass against the, the chiefs have a good pass rush and good coverage in the back end there. Um, so I, I, and, you know, so I don't think you really want to go with these young, inexperienced uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers and try to pass the ball much. So I like Melvin Gordon. He's he's really cheap on the DraftKings slate at 5000 and 6800 on FanDuel is reasonable. And then uh, another guy that was really cheap on DraftKings was Noah Fant. He's finally healthy. He's off the injury report, first time in a long time. He's got a good matchup against Kansas City. You can definitely get them, you know, in the, uh, you know, since their corners are really tough, you can get them against their linebackers, match them up with Noah Fant. So Noah Fant's a guy that definitely he's he's an extreme athlete in terms of size and speed. And that's the type of guys we like to target for tight ends here is a big playmaker. And I can see them getting heavily involved. And if they get down big, like we think they are, he's just going to get a lot of the garbage time production, you know? So, um, so he could definitely pop up a couple, pop off a couple big plays at 3,700 on DraftKings. You can't beat that price and 5,700 on FanDuel. If you want to save the money and go down from Kelsey, I think he's the best pivot off Kelsey here and save the money here. Um, And that's basically the extent of what I'm looking at. I'm not going to really, get a lot of exposure to the wide receivers for Denver, unless you're doing showdown lineups and you really need to get deep or something like that and find a value play. Other than that, I'm just sticking with the tight end and the running game mostly for Denver. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. And I want to add a little bit more uh, color to the tight end analysis for, for Denver in the snow game against Kansas city. 
the tight ends combined for 12 catches and 123 yards. So don't just look at Fant's line and think, oh, three for 38, not that great of a matchup. Because remember, Albert O played that game. He had seven catches for 60 yards. He's on IR now. And Nick Vanette actually had a couple catches for 25 yards. So I think Fant is in a great spot at that price, like you said. And that's been the way to attack Kansas City through the air recently. In the last two weeks, they've allowed 18 combined receptions to tight ends and two touchdowns. So I I certainly am looking at Fant in all the different uh, slates. And I'm also looking at the Kansas City defense. And so I want to make a point here also that, uh, you know, especially in these two or three game slates, don't feel like if you play an offensive player for one team, you can't play the defense on the other. You know, we've had a lot of success with that this year. And that's what you need to do a lot of times to make everything fit. So, you know, if Fant goes off and has six for 60, you know, whether he scores or not, the Chiefs can still be the best defense on the slate. So I'm going to use that combination a lot here. Uh, yeah, a lot of the traditional rules you could, that you played in normal DFS slates, you can pretty much throw out the window for these. They're pretty much like showdowns, you know, very volatile. You have to get a little bit creative with those two to three game slates for sure. Absolutely. Well, before we get to the Monday night games, let's hear about that tremendous offer from betus.com.pa. Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time. So put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. And most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Now we have the best book in the industry teamed up with the best DFS provider in the industry. Make your first deposit of $149 at betus.com.pa with promo code COACHTALK and receive a free membership with DFS Coach Talk with full access to our DFS lineups in NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB. The best in the biz. Sign up today to make straight bets, future bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back. And thank you to BetUS.com.pa for that terrific offer. It's the best one we've ever had. Amazing value. So we invite you to take advantage of it. And we'd love to have you as a member all winter, all the way until April 1st. And you'll get access to all of our lineups and all of our sports. We've had a great football season basketball is where we got started and that's right around the corner uh, in PGA we're having potentially our best week of the year this week uh, really excited about this weekend slate so uh, jump in while uh, while the iron's hot and uh, we'd love to have you that's going to make Sunday really fun isn't it with yes, NFL it action plus PGA uh, coming oh. down the home stretch there in that back nine that's going to be fun yeah it really is awesome all right so game two Shane a uh, little bit lower total here on betus.com.pa. Pittsburgh, uh, seven-point favorites over the Washington football team, but the over-under is only 43. So we've got two really tough defenses here. Uh, it's going to be a grind here to try to find value. In terms of the injuries, uh, that unfortunate uh, injury for Bud Dupree tearing his ACL, key linebacker for Pittsburgh uh, in that Wednesday game, 
uh, last week. Uh, we'll call it last week, even though it's two days ago and they're playing in uh, three days from now. So short week for Pittsburgh. And then uh, Steven Nelson, uh, corner, is also questionable. And James Conner is on the COVID-19 list right now as we record this Friday night. So there is still a chance that he gets cleared for that game. We're not sure yet, uh, but but keep an eye out for that news. So, uh, Shane, great defenses on both sides here. How are we going to attack this game? Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Steelers' side, all they want to do is pass the ball, and I don't really blame them with, you know, the uh, you know the sheriff back there, Big Ben, sitting back there in the pocket. They got a great offensive line, you know, great pass protection. He can just sit back there, and with those three wide receivers plus some pretty talented tight ends, I don't really blame them for passing all the time, you know. Hey, it's working. I mean, the some of their games have looked pretty ugly. That You know, Baltimore's secondary gave them fits, you know. Baltimore's team was, de- was beat up, and Pittsburgh was really frustrated after that game. They got the win, but they obviously thought they should have beat them by more. And, you know, Tomlin and Big Ben all said in the media, we played horrible, we really sucked, but we're going to come back and and play better. So I think that they're kind of stubborn like that, and they are going to try to pass the ball a lot. Uh, even though Washington is one of the best pass defense teams in the league, I don't think they really care. I think they're just going to go right at them because they they feel like they're that talented with those receivers. I don't really blame them for having that attitude. And also the fact that they're really not great at running the ball. Their running backs have looked, you know, okay, but not great. You know, James Conner still kind of a question mark. The backup guys haven't been excellent. So, you know, there is a chance their backup, their their running backs can get the job done. But I still don't see them being able to transform into a running game, into a running team. You know, they're among the worst in terms of running efficiency uh, this year. Um, so for that, I would probably just go just like the Steelers and be stubborn and just go right back to the passing game. And you could pretty much pick or choose any of their wide receivers, whether you like Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, they're all, uh, you know, really talented. Their price is pretty similar. So just depending on your construction, your build there, you know, I tend to favor Deontay Johnson just because he tends to get the most targets. He, you know, he's, you know, he's always open. The guy's super efficient, but he doesn't get as many red zone targets. So then if you're looking for some deep shots and maybe some more red zone targets, you can look at Claypool. And then just kind of in between there in terms of getting a lot of targets and more shorter passes, Juju Smith-Schuster looked great as well. Um, but I, I tend to go with, uh, I prefer uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, is the guy that I typically prefer. So that's probably my first target here. I just like the, the many targets as he gets. And, you know, I know he dropped a couple passes that last game. So again, he's looking for redemption in this game. And uh, so I think that he could have potentially a big game here against a, pa- a tough pass defense. Um, and, you know, it's if you want to be contrarian, you could play big big Ben here, even though it's a tough if a tough matchup. But if you're looking at Big Ben versus Mahomes, you know, unless you're really looking to get contrarian and save the money, you know, because there's a big price difference there. Um, so that, most of the time, obviously, you're going to want to go Mahomes. But if you're playing multiple lineups and you want to get contrarian, you could throw in a Big Ben lineup here too, even though the matchup is brutal. Um, and then on the Washington side, there's not really a lot going on there. I don't really want to. Uh, attack the Steelers run defense. I mean, they're among the best. Their pass defense is still among the best. They did lose Bud Dupree, one of their best pass rushers, but I mean, they still have TJ Watt out there just wreaking havoc on, on quarterbacks. So I don't, I don't really like attacking them. Um, but it, I think it was interesting that Steven Nelson is, looks like he's more on the 
doubtful side of questionable with missing practice time. And that means Terry McLaurin is going to have much easier match up there. So he's going to be facing a backup. He can go over all the formations. So Terry McLaurin is another one of those guys. Obviously, he gets the highest target share. He's among the league leader in target share for his team here in, in the whole NFL. So Terry McLaurin, even though you can't necessarily hit them with deep passes, you can hit him underneath, and he's the he's the best in the league for run after the catch yards uh, for a wide receiver. So I think you go right back to Terry McLaurin. Um, I'm still a little bit skeptical on, on the running backs because I know Antonio Gibson is coming off that monster game on Thanksgiving and he looks great, but this is a little bit different matchup compared to going up against, you know, Dallas Cowboys and those type of teams. So that's why I'm just, I don't think I'm that interested in, uh, in, in, uh, Antonio Gibson here. So I'm mostly looking at Terry McLaurin in the passing game for the Steelers. And that's about it. Obviously, you're going to have to go a little deeper than that if you're playing a showdown slate here. Um, that's going to be based on price and, you know, attacking some other spots here. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Uh, looks like a tough game. That, uh, there's not a lot of good matchups here. Yeah, I like McLaurin as well. Uh, you know, they pepper him with targets and he may have a better matchup without Nelson. So I, I think in most formats, I'm going to have McLaurin in my lineups, even if I do have the Pittsburgh defense, which I will have on some occasions, but again, I like the Kansas city defense as well. And with the Washington running game, I agree with your assessment. You know, Gibson looked great and he has a lot of rest. You know, they played on Thursday. So they get about 10 days of rest where Pittsburgh only gets about five days. So they've got the rest advantage. I really like that scenario, but it is such a tough matchup that in the end, I probably won't go to Gibson. On the Pittsburgh side, I think I'm probably a little more interested in the running game, just be, especially in in the showdowns. I think you you whichever the starting running back is for Pittsburgh, you get him out there uh, because he'll get some receptions along with with carries. So I, I I'll go with Snell um, or Connor, and with the wide receivers, I want to I want to break down what happened last game a little bit. You know, we had a member ask about how we were leaning towards Deontay Johnson in that one. So shout out to Deluxe. And, um, you know, this was a good example, I think, of the challenge of picking. If you're only picking one Pittsburgh wide receiver, it is a tough challenge every week. Because look what happened with the targets. Claypool had nine. Deontay Johnson had 13. That's the guy Shane and I liked the most against the Ravens. So he led the team in targets. Juju had nine. Ebron had 11. So those four guys, um, pretty evenly balanced. And Juju caught the touchdown, but Deontay Johnson was wide open on that play. He could have been easily could have thrown it to, to Deontay. And in the first half, Deontay dropped a surefire touchdown pass on that slant. So, you know, you just got to live with it. I think with this passing attack, if you're only going to play one of them, you got to live with the fact that if they don't get the touchdown, you might not have picked the, the best one. But like you said, if you're in a showdown slate, you can play multiple guys here. And uh, I like Deontay again. I do like Claypool here on the outside. We, we know that Ben likes to take uh, deep shots with him. And we saw Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper have real nice success on Thanksgiving on the outside, getting the deep shots against Washington. So I like Claypool this week. Uh, but Juju, um, you know, not the worst pick either. So uh, it's, it's a real challenge. Uh, but I do like – I'm leaning towards Claypool – probably number one and Johnson right behind him. Number two this week. 
Yeah, Claypool should see more of a Ronald Darby. He's kind of a smaller cornerback, and obviously Claypool's about, you know, 6'4", 6'5". So he's going to have a huge advantage in terms of size and, you know, height and, and, and weight on, on Darby here. So if he gets matched up against some of those smaller corners, I like the matchup where uh, Deontay Johnson will see more Kendall Fuller, who's been one of the, probably their best cover corner uh, so far. But you also notice when you look at the – the slot uh, or the the uh, formation percentages that those guys move all around. That's the cool thing about these receivers. They're so versatile that they're literally just moving all over the place and having so many unique route trees and formations. So that's why you like Deontay Johnson because you never know where he's going to run, where he's going to line up. And he's such a good route runner. You know, he's just so quick with his breaks. You don't know if he's going deep or underneath or intermediate or crossing route. So, so again, for, for all the reasons we're talking about, they're all good, but yeah, Claypool looks like the best, like, uh, physical matchup in terms of being able to make big plays and big, big Ben is not afraid to throw it down there and take deep shots with him and not at all, you know, um, especially, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, pass uh, pass rush for Washington, but the nice thing is the Steelers offensive line is good at pass protecting too. So they'll give big Ben enough time to take a few more deep shots compared to what Washington's used to covering. And they're not used to, you know, always having to face this type of wide receiver crew. So that's why I think, again, the Steelers, I said, they're going to be the stubborn Steelers. They're just going to keep passing. <laughs> that's what I think they're going to do. And they're hungry after getting shut down by the Ravens last week. So, and they, Hey, they got a quick turnaround to try to try to redeem themselves here. Yep. They are hungry for sure. So That'll be that'll be fun to watch. And as we tra- transition to game three here, we're going to transition from the DraftKings two game slate to take an eye on the FanDuel three game slate because DraftKings currently isn't offering a three game slate, but FanDuel is and they're not offering a two game slate. So uh, you can you can pick and choose which one you want. The great thing about DFS Coach Talk is we're going to have you prepared for each one. And on FanDuel, that's where we can give you an actual full lineup that you can plug and play. And in these primetime slates, we give out a full FanDuel cash lineup and a full GPP lineup. Uh, uh, so uh, we're going to do that for you uh, as a member. Um, if you want to take advantage of that uh, betus.com.pa offer that you heard about in the commercial, then uh, go for it. And let us know on Twitter that you've done that, and we'll get you into our Discord. If, you just, if you're not interested in that offer, you just want to uh, go through our website you can also do that. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com, pick up the weekly membership or the monthly or the all-access one that takes you through April 1st. We'll get you into our Discord and give you the lineups either way. So that's the scoop. Uh, and Game 3, Shane, is 8-15 on Monday night on the East Coast. Buffalo against San Fran. And this one's going to take place in Arizona because San Francisco got displaced uh, from their stadium, and the line here is pretty tight on BetUS. San Francisco, the one-point favorite over-under is 47. In terms of injuries, we basically have everybody back for San Francisco. It's it's kind of exciting for, for their from their perspective to have all the running backs healthy and out there. Um, Kittle is still out, so that's the one pass catcher that they don't have. So Jordan Reed could be in play, but Ayuk is back along with Debo. Uh, so that's exciting on that side of the ball. And with Buffalo, John Brown is still out. So uh, Gabriel Davis is still going to get those extra snaps. Can I just mention real quick? I mean, there's it's a pretty unlikely scenario, but it could happen. You could have all four teams from the NFC West make the playoffs 
because there's three NFC wildcard teams and San Francisco's <laughs> yeah. still in the hunt and you see San Francisco's getting healthy all of a sudden they're about to go on a run and you know the other teams in that division are all really good so wouldn't that be something if the whole division made the playoffs and it could happen we'll see yeah they're five and six now that was a huge win at LA last week 23-20 field goal at the buzzer did it so you're right uh they're getting everybody healthy great defense and we're going to talk about it in this matchup I mean Buffalo really facing a, a big challenge all the way across the board. Uh, Sherman's back. So what do we do with the Buffalo side? Yeah, I mean, the Buffalo side's pretty tough here. Uh, Josh Allen, a little bit hard to trust now that they have Sherman back. Um, they just have a really good secondary. They still have a decent pass rush. You know, they're still they're still pretty good. They got great linebackers, too, that can put pressure on you. So I don't really love Josh Allen here. And – you know, Stefan Diggs is a guy you normally would target, but he's going to be seeing, excuse me, he's going to be seeing a lot of Richard Sherman and Richard Sherman's back healthy now. And he, you know, he, he's a definitely a guy that can contain him. Um, Cole Beasley is going to have one of the better matchups in the slot. This is the type of game they need Cole Beasley to produce over the middle. He'll be seeing mostly Emmanuel Mosley. It's one of the better matchups there because the guys on the outside, Jason Verrett and Richard Sherman now are pretty pretty good at shutting uh, shutting down opposing wide receivers. So I would look at Cole Beasley. He's 5,400 on the three-game FanDuel slate. And I actually like the Buffalo running game because I'm hearing reports out of Buffalo that they want to get more balanced as they try to make their final playoff push here. Um, they want to be more balanced and run the ball more. They've been kind of one-dimensional with passing the ball, and they had a good amount of success with that but the problem is lately they've been a little bit exposed you know Josh Allen with some of his turnovers and you really can't go into the playoffs being one-dimensional like that so I, I expect Zach Moss and Singletary to get more carries last week it was uh, Singletary I think Zach Moss the rookie might actually see more carries and he's the guy that can get goal line carries as well um, so I look for those guys at a really cheap price in that $5,000 range that they could be good sneaky plays and you can play those in showdowns or the FanDuel uh, three-game slate and get them at lower ownership as well um, it, you know, it is a pretty tough matchup, but it's actually probably a little bit easier to run the ball on the 49ers than it is to pass the ball um, once they have Richard Sherman back here. So that's why I look to attack the, uh, you know, the uh, San Francisco run defense a little bit more and see if Buffalo can start running the ball more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's going to have to really do it with his legs. He's going to have to make some great plays because this is a tough matchup for them. So you can see why they're slight underdogs here. Um, and then on the San Francisco side, it's all about that running game. You know, uh, they're, they're, they got a great matchup here. The Bills' run defense is pretty weak. You know, they're among the worst. They're 22nd DVOA and 25th in yards allowed per carry for the Bills' run defense. And it just so happens that the 49ers, especially when they have all their running backs healthy, are one of the best running games. We know their scheme with Kyle Shanahan's scheme is awesome in terms of run uh, run plays and the mis, you know misdirection and cutbacks and that zone blocking scheme. So I obviously Raheem Moster now that he's back healthy should be the go time go to guy. I know you know it's a little frustrating with San Francisco they have three or four running backs, but I wouldn't worry about all those other guys. I would just play Raheem Moster and he's looking to have a big game here because they are going to really attack uh, they're going to attack Buffalo with the running game here. Um, I think Nick Mullins is kind of interesting if you're looking at a showdown, that type of thing, because he's had some really tough matchups lately. But if you look at Buffalo, that's a much easier matchup in terms of being able to pass on them as well. Um, so I look for Nick Mullins to have a good game because, 
you got to like these receivers. Now you got Debo Samuel back from injury. He's looking really good. If you look at the FanDuel pricing, he's only like $6,000. He seems way underpriced on that three-game slate. Um, we'll see what he's going to be for showdowns once those come out. Um, Brandon Ayuk is coming off the COVID list. He says he's healthy and a full go, and he's feeling fresh and ready to go too. So you got those super talented wide receivers now with Nick Mullins just throwing all these short passes you know, he completed against the Rams, what was it, 24 out of 25 passes. And it tells you, you know, I didn't look at his A dot, but I'm willing to guess it was really short. Uh, so my point is he just gets it to these athletes in space and lets them go. So that's going to produce, I think, against this Buffalo defense. So I like the receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk here. And you can even mix in some Jordan Reed as obviously Kittle's still out. And Jordan Reed is a really athletic guy. And when he's healthy, he's a great pass catcher as well. So, yeah, I would think it's all about Mostert. You can sprinkle in some of this 49ers passing game, and these receivers look awesome in, in uh, you know, a pretty solid matchup. Debo Samuel will be more in the slot, so he's going to avoid some of the Tredavious White, who's their shutdown corner on the outside. So he looks like probably the best play based on the matchup. But Brandon Ayuk can move around and, you know, avoid uh, Tredavious White too and uh, get, you know, get on the other corner, uh, Levi Wallace. So um, so that's what we're looking at for this uh, Buffalo-San Francisco game for me. What, what are you thinking here? Pretty similar. Uh, on the San Fran side, I do like Debo and Ayuk. Uh, Kittle, I think, uh, sorry, Reed in for Kittle is a solid option. And Mostert, I agree, going to be the lead guy with the carries. Uh, if you're making multiple lineups, I do think you should try one with one of the other running backs because, you know, Coleman and McKinnon, I think, are the guys who are more likely to catch passes out of the backfield. And we saw what Austin Eckler did to, the, to Buffalo uh, last week. He caught 11 passes for 85. So that is there if... Sam Fran wants to check it down, and both those guys can can catch it and uh, and make some uh, make some good things happen. Um, on the Buffalo side, you know I'd like to go to Diggs because Josh Allen certainly likes to go to Diggs, and outside receivers have had a lot of success success against Sam Fran lately. DK Metcalf had a huge game against them. Devontae Adams had a huge game against them. But like you said, now they're getting healthy. They've got Sherman back, so it's it's a lot tougher sledding for the passing game. You may need to go to Beasley if you're going to run a lineup out there with Josh Allen. And I look back at some of the matchups against San Francisco this year with running quarterbacks. So I wanted to summarize those for you. Kyler Murray back in week one had 230 yards passing and a touchdown and 91 yards rushing and a touchdown. So that's certainly what they're going to look for with Josh Allen. Uh, Cam Newton had a dud game, basically did nothing against them. Carson Wentz had a touchdown passing and running, uh, not quite as much yardage as Murray. And then Russell Wilson, 261 yards passing, four passing touchdowns and 23 yards rushing. So, you know, he, kind of a mixture there. Uh, I think the good thing for San Francisco is they've seen a lot of these dual threat quarterbacks. So they're going to be ready to go. But Josh Allen, I think um, – you know, has the ability to to have a, a strong game here. The challenge here is that he is expensive. So you're going to have to pay up for him if you want to go that route. All right, Shane. Well, that is our three-game summary here for the Week 13 primetime slate. If you have any questions about membership or anything else, we'd love to interact with you on Twitter. You can find us at DFS Coach Talk. 
Shane is available at DET Sports Shane. You can find me at Language Olympic. The coach is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Shane, any final thoughts here? No, I think it's another good uh, primetime slate here. So, and, uh, you know, I think we'll we'll enjoy trying to pick apart these games and try to find some good matchups because definitely some tough matchups here. But I think that, again, that gives us an edge because there's it's probably some angles and some matchups that people aren't realizing in these in these difficult matchups that we can really exploit. So, yeah, and uh, it'll be exciting to watch uh, Kansas City see how – see how many points they can put up against Denver on Sunday night. That's usually the, that's usually the thing with uh, Kansas city. Let's see how many touchdowns they can throw, you know? So, yeah, it is going to be fun. Uh, nobody can stop them right now. And I don't think Denver will this week. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in here uh, and be sure to tune in to our other shows for the main slate. If you haven't seen those yet, we did a quarterbacks podcast, running backs, and then wide receiver tight ends. So click the uh, like button, subscribe on YouTube so you get notified when all those post. Uh, we'd love to have you tune in there as well. And uh, we've started our NBA season preview uh, DFS podcast. We're going to do four before the preseason starts to get everybody ready. We're going team by team. We did 10 team previews today, and we'll do two more shows like that. Uh, and then a fourth show with all the final injury news, uh, who's in, who's out, and get everybody ready for the preseason slates in addition to the regular season. So um, thank you for all your support on YouTube. On behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.